Welcome to the jungle. We move into hour number two, which I know for some of you is hour number one. So let me say good morning. Good afternoon. What's cracking? Spent the entire first hour talking about the championship games, NFC and AFC. I gave you my thoughts on the NFC. I'll give you my thoughts on the AFC. But right now there is so much reaction, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Hit me up on the phones. There is one phone line open right now, one 636 8686 Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Hit me up on email, Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. No more interviews unless something drops out. We just had a really good one with Shio Kapadia. But I want to make sure on this Monday that you had ample opportunity to get through and react to a wild, wild weekend. So let's do that. If you're on hold, don't hang up. I'm going to start taking telephone calls in about 30 seconds. I just want to read a little bit of reaction. Ken on the peninsula is reacting to Amber. Hey, Amber, do us all a favor and keep the Niners out of your mouth. One day, maybe, Portland will clean up its own act enough to warrant having a UFL team. A UFL team. Sincerely, Frisco fan. War Niners getting revenge and winning a sixth strap. You know, they're right there every single year. But let's not lose track of the fact is it's been a long, long time since they finished. Steve Young was the last one to get a strap. That's how long. So they're an unbelievable organization. That's an incredible, talented roster. Great coach, great GM. They do it the right way. But they haven't won at all since Steve Young. At Intelligent Panda writes, of course the wine-swilling knobs from Frisco need an engraved invitation to the jungle. That goes back to the first hour I said, hey, listen, I want to hear from you Lions fans. I want to hear from you Chiefs fans. I want to hear from you Ravens fans. And some Frisco fan came up in here like, yo, Rome, what about us, brah? you don't want to hear from Frisco fan, why not? Why you got to do us like that? Why you got to hate? Let's not confuse hate with forgetting. And then this one. Look at Michelle in San Francisco. Hey, Michelle, I I didn't ask for any essay. This is like prose. She's like a short story writer or novelist. This is like the most well-constructed, well-written email I think I've seen. Rome, Niners bounced that game right off the face of the Lions and then shoved it right down their throats. That comeback was awesome. Niners defense shut them down in the second half. Purdy's water dragon scamper twice. And Ayuk's acrobatics sent the Lions back into their den to contemplate whether they'll ever see another playoff game for the next 30 years. Signed, Michelle, San Francisco. War Lady Clone. That was nicely written, Professor. She might be right. All right, let's check out the phones. I'm looking for reaction. Let's start in Indianapolis. Rodney, you are first up. Rodney, what's going on? How are you? Great, Jim. I've been listening to your show since the mid-90s. I have never called in till now. I've been a longtime Lions fan pretty much my whole life. Life is no suckier than right now. Halftime, texting all my friends, Super Bowl party at my house, bring beer, bring wings. We're going to do it. Then 
Kenny Rogers, the gambler, crazy like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. Two field goals, we win, Jim. No regrets. Tell that to Detroit. I get no party, and I got two weeks of Niner fans and a freaking Swifty Bowl. I am pissed, Jim. I need to scream. Ah! I'm out. My man, rack him. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Rack him. Now, Lions fan, you of all people should know not to be planning a Super Bowl party at halftime. I mean, what? Buying airline tickets and booking hotel rooms in Vegas didn't want any of that? No sympathy for that. Sympathy and empathy for everything else. I mean, my man, how can you tempt fate? How can you tempt fate and karma? And I'm not somebody who believes in curses and jinxes, but given who you are and who you're a fan of and how long you had to wait, are you really sure? As dominant as you were in the first half, and I'm not saying don't feel good about it. I thought you won that game. Hell, you you want to know what? George Kittle thought you won that game. Kittle said afterwards they had us in the first half. Man, they had us. They had us, and they did. But I would not be tempting fate by calling people up and setting up my Super Bowl party, much less calling the airlines and checking the availability of flights and hotel rooms. And Lions fan, don't act like you didn't. I know at least one of you did. It sucks, man. That's... Give the Niners credit for doing what they had to do. They didn't panic. They came back. They were in the moment. Every single play that mattered. They took advantage of every opportunity. The wacky things that were happening. Hey, man, they did it. They won. Detroit fan, that's got to suck. So there's two ways of looking at it, right? You had an amazing year. You're on the right track. You're no longer a laughing stock. The future's bright. The culture's in place. It's a good thing. It was a good year. It was a good run. But even I can't talk myself into that. It was right there. You may never be in that position ever again. Ever. How do I know? You never have before. It was right there. And it got away. And you let it get away. They didn't rip it from you so much as you let it get away. But that's just me. How do you feel, Lions fan? Let's go to, and again, I want, I want to hear from all of you. Every team. Grand Rapids, Evan. Good to have you. Evan, how are you feeling? Jim, I'm feeling pretty heated. I got to say I love your show. Thank you for taking my call. But one pride, more like one embarrassment. I mean, come on. I would say this is one of my most surprises, but it's not. How come there's been so many examples this year of the Lions looking like a complete, impressive, talented team going into the half with the lead, and then they come out of the locker room, they drink their Kool-Aid, and then they take a crap in their pants. It's almost like Dan Campbell in the locker room said, oh, you know what, I think we might have bit off for too much kneecap. We might want to give them back something. That's all. No, man, I appreciate you. Rack him, too. The Lions fans in defeat, coming with the content. Hey, you know what? We might have bitten off too much kneecap. Let's give some of it back. And the elbow. Spit that kneecap out. We don't need all of it. Eat. Eat for hunger, not pleasure. 
Don't eat the entire kneecap. You don't need to be Dahmer. I mean, keep doing what you're doing. Again, what got you here may not get you there. Can I repeat that? What got you here may not get you there. And yes, it got them here. But why can't it be both? Why does it have to be so cut and dried? Why does it have to be so black and white? Why does it have to be, this is our identity. This is who we are. We go for it every time. I'm not saying that a guy like that is going to listen to some Ivy League nerd telling him what the analytics say. I'm not saying that. But, dude, you played the game. And you've got a feel for the game. Can't you go with the game and play situational football and make decisions accordingly? Unless, in fact, you had zero confidence in your kicker. And if you had zero confidence in your kicker, why didn't you address that sooner? It was going to come to that, right? You were going to need a kick at some point. If you had zero confidence in your kicker, why did you not address that sooner? And if it wasn't about the kicker, then why are you not more open-minded to the situation? Because while that decision, that first field goal, I'm not saying that was a gimme either. That was not a chippy. But while that may not have cost them the game exclusively, you can't tell me that the game did not change completely after that missed kick. And then the second. And then, again, I'm not saying he's the only one. They made lots of mistakes. Lots of mistakes. But if they make that first kick, and then it's a three-score game, does this not feel totally different? Of course it would. Lions fan is dominating the phones. And I'm here for it. Lions fan, I've been with you this whole time. You've been in this jungle since the 90s. I'm here. I'm here for all of this. Let's keep it in the D. Let's keep it in the D. Paul in Detroit. Hey, Paul. What's going on? How are you? Good, Jim. Wow, first time caller. Well, it's good to have you, man. What's up? Good to have you, yeah. Uh, so we have a saying here. It was uh, SOL, same old Lions. And uh, we thought we buried that this year. And, uh, man, this is this is a rough feeling. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to think, but as for Dan Campbell, we, you know, he's an amazing coach, great coach, but I feel like he can also be the worst coach at times. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a rough day for everybody here. You know, anybody, and I want to say anybody that thinks that this season is a success, you're a loser. Like, literally, we had that game wrapped up, and, you know, there's just some things you can't let go of. And, and it's going to be a tough day for people here. I've never, I was always a Lions fan, not super diehard, but, you know, it's going to be really tough facing people for the next couple of weeks here. But anyway, Jim, I really appreciate you taking my call. Go, Rome, man. Take it easy, man. My I'm man, out. I appreciate you making the phone call. Here's my reaction to that phone call. If you're not, I mean, you could hear it in his voice. If Paul in Detroit is not a diehard fan, I cannot even begin to imagine what diehard Lion fans must be feeling right now if he's not one. Because my man was taking that badly. He was taking that hard, and understandably so. He went as far as to say that if you think this season was a success, Lions fans, you're a loser. 
I'm not going to go that far. It, trust me, that's a devastating loss. That's a game you have to win. You have to win. I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your butthole and say, you know what, man? It's a tough break, but everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. It was such an amazing year. All the pieces are in place. Don't worry. You're going to get so many more chances. If you're looking for me to say that, you got the wrong guy. You had that game. You have to win that game. You have to finish that game. You have to be in the Super Bowl. It was right there. And I understand that Dan Campbell's not going to play the analytics. Fine. But there's no getting around the fact that they had a 91.5% win probability rate in the second half. Until the other team ran off 27 unanswered points. Listen. Campbell's done an amazing job. He took a six-win team and within three years had it in the NFC Championship game. That's miraculous. It's miraculous. He's done an amazing job. But it doesn't mean that the guy shouldn't be more flexible and change. He's going to have to. Otherwise, you're going to live with that. Live by the sword, die by the sword, and worst of all, maybe never get another look at it ever again. Just can't lose that game. Let's go to Sacramento. Ron in Sacramento. Hey, Ron, what's up? How are you? What's going on, Jim? Hey, listen, we just uh, want to appreciate the fact that you sent us our engraved invitation to call in. Good looking out. Um, we were despondent at halftime. That was, we, we, we were starting to go through the stages of grief. We thought it was over. I watched the game with a bunch of Niner haters who were cheering every time we screwed up, and we gave them lots to cheer for. But just like the city of Detroit, at one point they're great, and then the next point they're a bunch of uh, houses with trees growing through the middle of them. So we made our comeback. We did what we needed to do. Brock showed that he really wanted to win. He's diving headfirst into tacklers to make sure he gets every extra yard. So that was awesome. I saw a lot that I liked. Yeah, Brock has some limitations. But he did what he had to do, and so now we get this great rematch with uh, Pat Mahomes. And uh, Squidward is great, but I hate him, and I really hope we can beat him. As far as Amber calling us insufferable, she's from Portlandia. It's not like people from Portland are world-renowned for being awesome. War uh, the Niners getting our rematch. War Amber putting on a blue suit and uh, doing a dance in the Next Gen commercial. I'm out, Jim. You don't like that cop. I don't like that cop. Not a very good cop. So that dude did. He said everything he wanted to say, got it all in, and then at the very last second knew that would get him run, but only after he said what he had to say. Come on now. A sucker punch and a hang up on the phone. That's a cheap shot, dude. And there's a ban on that sort of thing. She makes it better. But I appreciate the phone call. I've got thoughts on Brock Purdy. He said, look, Brock Purdy put his helmet down, put his shoulder down. He wanted to win. He showed that he wanted to win. Has anybody ever questioned whether or not Brock Purdy wants to win? We know he wants to win. I'd go further and say the dude not only wants to win, he is a winner. I want to get into the whole Brock Purdy conversation yet again. Because on the one hand, I want to say that should put an end to this 
conversation and narrative that the guy's nothing more than a game manager. That you stick anybody in that spot with that talent around him, with that scheme, with that coach, with that play calling, and you're going to get the same result. Hell, Rome, Jimmy G did. True. True. But still, Brock Purdy deserves a hell of a lot more credit than that. I'm not saying that the guy is Joe Montana. Far from it. I'm saying the guy makes winning plays. The guy's a winner. He does what he has to do. He gets it done. The guy was playing like hell against Green Bay in the weather. Nothing was going right. And the Niners come back on nobody. Takes them right down the field. They win that game. Last night, they're beaten at halftime. They've got no shot. And he gets it done in the second half with his legs. And he makes some key throws. I mean, the guy... I'm not going to sit here and say that he's elite. I'm not going to sit here and say he's one of the chosen ones or special. I'm going to say the guy's a winner. And he's got them in the Super Bowl. And they're not winning in spite of him. Don't act like this guy has nothing to do with them being where they are. His teammates like him. His teammates respect him. And this guy is extremely self-aware. He knows he's in a great system. He knows he has great playmakers everywhere. He knows it's his job to put those playmakers in the right position to make plays. And he's running a complex offense. And he's running it really well. He makes mistakes, but the dude's resilient as hell, and he bounces back. Can the guy get some credit? <laughs> Why is that such a hard thing? Oh, because of how he looks? Because of where he was drafted? Let me tell you something. The guy made plays. The guy made a lot of plays yesterday. How many plays did Lamar Jackson make yesterday? I think that one where he threw the ball to himself. And that's your MVP. And the plate of flowers. He made two, but that's about it. The completed pass to himself and the plate of flowers. All right, I still have thoughts on that game that I want to get to, but the reaction is so good that I'm turning it over to you. So hit me up on the phones. Hit me up on the X. Here's one. At Mets Bets. Good to have me. Yours, Loser. Paul in Detroit. Hey, Paul. What's going on? How are you? Good, Jim. Wow, first time caller. Well, it's good to have you, man. What's up? Good to have you, yeah. Good to have me, yeah. This guy writes, good to have me. Yours, loser. Hey, what do you say maybe you cut Paul some slack? Maybe you cut all of Detroit some slack? They're having a rough day. Even Paul himself said, I'm not a hardcore fan. Good to have you, yeah. And he's having that much trouble with it. Come on now. All right, so when we come back, more reaction. Today is a reaction day, all right? You should all be on the phones. You should all be on the X. I should be hearing from a lot of first-timers. Hit me up with an email. Today is the day to do so. Now, are you looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. New customers can bet on the big game 
and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, but you do have to be present in state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So let me read you a couple of bits reaction because to me this sets it up perfectly in terms of this discussion about Brock Purdy. First this, dear Jim, Brock Purdy is integral integral to the Niners' success. Without him, they're nothing. Signed, the tiny table sitting in the middle of the pizza. Brett and Bugaha, good to have me. It's pretty funny. I don't agree at all, but it's pretty funny. This person, though, I think nails it. Good to have you, yeah. Hi, Romy. The essence of the quarterback position is game management. Players or honks that criticize a quarterback like Purdy of being a game manager is because they can't manage a game or themselves under pressure. A, quote, game changer QB is a QB not good enough to manage and win. Ask Lamar. David Osegundo, War South Bay Clones. He's right. He's right. Lamar could not manage that game. He couldn't. He didn't make throws that he normally makes. He held on to the ball too long. He made some bad decisions. If he managed the game, never mind Lamar the superstar, Lamar the MVP. If he even managed that game, they win that game. But he didn't. Like this whole thing about this guy or that guy's a game manager. I don't even know that that's a wrap. That is what the position's about. Making good decisions with the ball, getting it out quickly, finding your perceived mismatches, making the right choice at the right time, playing with poise and composure, managing the game. That's a bad thing? Like, all right, so where does that leave us with Brock Purdy? I'll give you a comp, Alex Smith. Except when Alex Smith played and he was purported to be a great game manager, that was a good thing. That wasn't a rap. And you know why? Because Alex Smith was not taken last in the draft. It's all perception. I mean, I wonder. Because he was taken first in the draft, why is it that as a game manager, he was so well-respected? You know, respected in the quarterback room, respected in his preparation, respected in pretty much everything he did as a, quote, game manager. I think Brock Purdy is a really good comp. And yet, this guy's got to deal with all of this pushback and hate. Why? Because of how he looks. Not that big. Not that physical. 
and because he was taken dead last. Seems to me that's kind of backwards. You would think that the first pick overall should be asked to do above and beyond and be spectacular. Alex Smith wasn't, but it was fine. And in fact, he was actually respected for it. What what I'm saying is, I don't know why some of you seem to think that Brock Purdy is some sort of bum ass or something. Do you really think that Kyle Shanahan would keep him under center if he didn't like him or trust him or respect him or think that he could win a Super Bowl with him? Hell no, he wouldn't. Even if Kyle Shanahan thinks, I can do those things with just about anybody. If he didn't think this guy could do it, he wouldn't be there. Go to his teammates. Listen to what his teammates have to say about him. They all like him. They all respect him. That tells me more than anything else. Hey, Rome. Dan Campbell was the guy that hits on 19 at the blackjack table. Carl in DFW. No, I don't think anybody hits on 19. Not even with a face card showing. 17, maybe. Then again, by the time he ran at the goal line with his timeouts and had to burn one there, meaning he had to go for the onside kick, it seemed like he was fully on tilt at that point. That made no sense to me at all. I don't even agree with going for it on fourth down as opposed to kicking it, but I don't think there's any dispute. You do not run the ball down there on the goal line and burn that timeout. (laughs) This guy, Romster. The Lions didn't just take a big dump in their pants. They met up with the great equalizer, diarrhea, fumbles, INTs, off of face masks, failures on fourth down. They ran that game down their leg in a nasty mess. Those uniforms will never come clean. They should be burned, then buried. Jim and Hastings wore an all-red Super Bowl. That's an amazing email. What else do we have here? Jimmers! Lamar Jackson can clutter his trophy case with MVP brass for the next decade. He will have plenty of room since no Lombardi will ever be seen within 30 miles of that overrated hack losers area code. Abby. Abby, damn, hot take much? The guy's not a hack. He's not an overrated hack. I think Shil Kapadia is great at what he does. The one thing that I would kind of disagree with is this notion that, you know what, it takes time. And even he said what I'm about to say. It takes time. It takes time. It took Peyton Manning time. He didn't win right away. Fine. But this was their year. Everybody thought so, including Lamar. It's all he could talk about. I don't care about the MVP. I don't care about anything except winning it all. Getting my hands on that trophy. I'm obsessed with it. This is what I'm here for. This is what we're all here for. We know what time it is. It's our year. And they had the one seed. And Kansas City wasn't what they appeared to be. 
So I, I don't buy that this is all part of the process, and now they go into the offseason, and they'll learn from it. This was it, man. This was their time. This was their year. I don't buy it. No excuses. No excuses. Like I put on the X. Outclassed, outcoached, outplayed, out everything. Let's go to the phones. Speaking of which, Baltimore. Let's check in on B-more. Will in Baltimore. Good to have you, Will. How you doing? Right on time, Jim. You right on time with it, man. Everything. That 1710 wasn't even 1710. It felt like it was never any doubt. It was JV versus varsity. They came in at our place, our physical us on both sides of the ball. The coaching was ahead of the game. Mike McDonald got his stuff together, though. He's a great young coach. So the defense got they start they didn't give up any points in the second half. But um right on point with Lamar, man. I don't know if he can ever do it. Before in 19, he was like all, you know, happy, skipping around, smiles, giggles. This year he was locked in. He's wound up so tight in the biggest game, and it, it just shows. You can't lose your composure and throw your helmet. Every mistake that's made, every penalty that's made, we were, they were um, taunting us, and we were getting the penalty. It was just like outclassed all the way around. This one really hurt I on the way home from uh, my daughter's had a party, and um, it was like 15 different accidents out there last night. This one stings more than anyone ever, any loss ever um, during the, you know the years being here in Baltimore. My but, brother, um, you nailed you nailed it. From. You nailed. I think you're 100 percent right. I agree with everything you just said. Will in Baltimore rack him? I agree with everything he just said. He nailed it. Rack him. He said, we're here in Baltimore. This one hurts more than any of the others. 2019, Lamar was young. He won the MVP, skipping around, happy-go-lucky. But, man, he's been locked in. He's said it. He's on record. This is it. This is my time. But being locked in is one thing. Being wound too tight is another. The stage was too big. It was. They totally lost their composure. I don't know why they got away from the run game. I agree. Mike McDonald's a great young coach. And he's going to be a head coach sooner than later. And the defense did do its job. The Ravens' defense did do its job in the second half. But Lamar, man, Lamar picked a really bad time to have a really bad game. And it's almost inexplicable except to say, like, how do you explain that? All right, KC's got a really good defense. I'll say that. They've got a really good defense. Spags is a really good postseason coach. So give them credit. But what about Lamar? Lamar is missing passes that he should never miss. Lamar is losing composure, smashing his helmet on the ground, holding onto the ball too long, taking sacks he should never take. What is that? He was the MVP this year. What is that? How can you say that's anything other than he's wound too tight and the stage was too big for him? Hey, I'm all, I'm all ears if you've got a better explanation because I don't see it. Because that guy did not show up in a game where he had to show up, and he knew it. He knew it. Dumb penalties, and he's not the only one. But it's going to start with Lamar. You know, Lamar had the holdout. Lamar wanted the contract. Lamar got what he wanted. And then he went out, and he had a great regular season. And you know what? It doesn't mean a damn. 
It doesn't mean anything. That MVP season, they'll let him keep the trophy. But does any of that really matter if you get the number one seed overall and you let a KC team that's not supposed to be what they were come into your house and beat you? It's like it almost wiped out everything that happened during the regular season. I'm not even going to make that argument about Detroit because Detroit now at least is a different sort of organization and culture. We knew what Baltimore was. We knew the Raven way. That wiped out everything they did prior to that game, if you ask me. It's a wasted year. It's a wasted year. And I can't say enough about KC. Not Not only are they back, but they reinvented. They're not what they were, and that's a good thing. Now they're winning in a completely different way, and they're right where they always are. All right, when we return, it is a great reaction day. Good phone calls, good emails, good posts on the X. Let's keep it going. Hit us up. Open phones the rest of the way. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listen up, clones. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original, old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You know what else we can hit on that's still really interesting to me? The coaching carousel. So how about Seattle? Seattle is still looking for a head coach, and Dan Quinn is available. They know Quinn. Quinn knows them. Yet, they still have not moved on him. Why is that? Because you've got the young, hot coordinators that they're probably still waiting on. You know, you can make, there's a school of argument that always better to get a guy who's been a head coach before than somebody who hasn't. But clearly, that's not the direction the league is going in. Owners seem to want the next young, hot, up-and-coming, you know, good-looking, presentable, relatable, is able to maintain good relationships with players. They want that. They're hiring that. How is it that Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job already? How is it that Seattle is looking to hire a coach and Dan Quinn still doesn't have that job? He may still get it, but he hasn't gotten it yet. You know, the guy with the second most wins of all time there. You got Ben Johnson, super attractive candidate. Mike McDonald, even in defeat, I think, is a really attractive candidate. Canales already got a job. You know, the league clearly is getting younger and getting younger. Belichick's on the outside looking in. Pete Carroll's on the outside looking in. Quinn doesn't have a gig. Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL without a gig. I think it's really interesting. Speaking of age, no offense, Otis. Otis is at it again. So Otis and Austin was a famous jungle caller and then disappeared for like a decade. And it's almost like he went to sleep for 30 years. Some of these takes, like he went to sleep for 30 years and he woke up and all of a sudden he's spitting out all this stuff like, hey man, what the hell is up with this? I don't know, Otis, where have you been? Were you asleep for 30 years? As an example, Snagger. 
How can the cheapest nosebleed seat to the Super Bowl be $9,000? It has to include liquor and hookers. Signed, Otis and Austin. Once again, Otis, my man. You're my guy, but dude, welcome to the 21st century. Joe Namath is not by the pool before Super Bowl 30 entertaining the assembled media. This is not Super Bowl one or two in the L.A. Coliseum that's half empty. Dude, it's the Super Bowl, Otis. This is what, it, this is what happens. It must include liquor and hookers. Technically, right now, to be fair, and I'm looking at it, the cheapest seat seems to be 6300 bucks. Does that make you feel any better? Also, without liquor and hookers. Hey, Jim. Allen, hero ball, watching Super Bowl. Lamar, hero ball, watching Super Bowl. Purdy, playing in two weeks. The only exception in the NFL is that dude with the permed mullet hawk for the Chiefs. Pat gets to do whatever. The rest of you knuckleheads better learn how to manage a game. War Niners and Purdy hoisting number six. Wesley near Boise. This is my take. When did managing a game become such a bad thing for the quarterback when in reality it's the most important thing for the quarterback? Manage the game. In fact, manage everything. Manage the game, manage expectations, manage your emotions, manage everything. And right, the guy with the permed mullet hawk can do whatever the hell he wants because when it's all said and done, he's probably going to go down as the best NFL player ever. Look at the trajectory of this guy's career. All right, let's go to... St. Louis, Kenny, good to have you, Kenny. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Jim? Hey, I got some uh, questions here. Uh, they could be looked at as rhetorical, or maybe you want to answer them. But uh, oh, Spags, how come he is not getting a look as a head coach somewhere? I mean, this guy is the reason the Chiefs won that game yesterday and against Buffalo. Now, here's another one. Campbell and his gambling is just too much at this time of year. You cannot go for it on fourth down all the time. He seems to go for it every time it's within two yards, no matter what is going on in the game. He, I mean, to me, those are like turnovers. Just like it, it's turning over on downs. Matter of fact, they ought to change the statistic and just make those turnovers. You know? I mean, they had two turnovers. You turn it over on downs two times, you got four turnovers. The head coach needs to be a little more responsible. All right, and why do teams crap the bed when they play the Chiefs? I don't get it. They don't play the same way they did all year. They get to the playoffs, and they're like deer in the headlights. Detroit fan, too, is finding out the pain from a playoff loss. It's ten times worse than the regular season. Thanks, Jim. You got it. Kenny, nice job. Well done. So you touched on something that I sort of just touched on, but you're right. Like, why is Spags not getting any head coaching run at all. I have not heard his name mentioned once or connected to anybody at all during this cycle. And the guy's done a hell of a job. 
I can't say defense is as big a reason as any, well, other than Pat, but even Pat says we are a defense-oriented team right now. I don't know. All I can say again is same reason Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job. Same reason Dan Quinn hasn't already been hired by Seattle. Maybe the league is just moving that direction where they want the younger, hotter, fresher candidate with new ideas and a new vision and an ability to relate to players. But that doesn't mean these guys who've been around the league can't relate to players. I think Dan Quinn relates really well to players. I think Spags relates really well to players. I agree with you. He should be getting more attention. As far as Dan Campbell, again, what got us here did not get them there. So if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm going to look in the mirror. Except Dan Campbell said, I've got no regrets. To me, it's kind of a shield, and it's kind of a cover, and it's kind of a cop to continue to say, I have complete and utter faith in my players. I love them. I believe in them. Okay. In part, it got you beat. So maybe you think about that. Maybe you revisit that. I, I, I just don't think you go into every single game with the same mindset as it relates to down and distance. I mean, shouldn't you see what's happening in that game before you decide whether or not you're going for it on fourth and three or fourth and two? How do you go into every single game and say, no matter what, I'm going for it because I love my guys. I believe in my guys. Because while that did not cost them that game, you can't tell me that that game did not flip and change with the momentum after they failed on that fourth and short the first time. Then they did it again, and it burned them again. It seems pretty simplistic to say to me, I believe in them, so that's why I did it. Or you didn't believe in your kicker, or you didn't believe in your defense. Or maybe you're a Lions fan saying, hey, man, what were we before this guy got there? That's who he is. That's what he does. We can live and die with it. All right. Live and die by the sword. Third hour. I want to set up my thoughts on the AFC game. We haven't gotten into that completely. And exactly what happened to the Ravens. If this was supposed to be their year and they got that top seed, and they had that opportunity at home, how is it that the MVP plays one of his worst games in his most important game? Let's get into that when we come back. 